You're right there. <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, hello, welcome to the Dutch Angle Podcast. I'm just going to leave that in there. <laughs> all right then. Um, I'm JD, and with me is Sean. Hello, you uh, wonderful people. <laughs> um, they are wonderful people, aren't they? I know. Anyone who's gotten this far, you're wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for your commitment. Um, we, it's just the two of us this week. Um, so we, we've decided to have like a candlelit atmosphere. Yeah, Scott's mutinied. We're going to have a, going to have a freeway. He hasn't mutinied. He just, but you know, he just wanted a week off. <laughs> anyway, get um, sort of back here. Uh, yeah. So we are. What are we? We are the Dutch Angle Podcast. <laughs> yes, we are the Dutch Angle Podcast, JD. It's been a hell of a week for me. That's fine. Yeah, so we have a Dutch Angle podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, SoundCloud, Castbox, Apple Podcasts. So, yep. Um, so we're either on uh, as uh, at Dutch Angle Pod or the Dutch Angle Podcast. Um, if you want, you can leave us just a nice review or you can leave us a film recommendation. Um, yeah, um, we still are currently one week into, um, we, sorry, we've got one week left of our audience poll. Currently, it's a tie between Falling Down and um, Hardcore Henry, um, which is quite interesting. Um, so yeah, so the link for that will be in our description. You know what to so, do, Falling Down. <laughs> Let um, Falling Down go up in the <laughs> rankings. There are, there are three options, so um, uh, Falling Down and Harker Henry is the other one, and also Bright. So vote for which one you want us to watch, and we'll watch that as kind of the shared collective experience. Oh yes. So, yeah. Now, I'm just going to go straight into it. Ooh. into this week's episode. Alright. No no fussing around. Alright, guns blazing and all that. <laughs> um, Sean, what was the first film you watched this week? I watched The Raid. And I'm going to apologise in advance because I will not pronounce the actor's name correctly. Okay. So I'm just going to refer to him as his uh, character name. Okay. Also, ignorance is my excuse. <laughs> But yes. Okay then. It's a good job you admit it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honesty is my policy, and I've got a lot to be honest about here. You like this movie, JD, don't you? I do. Yeah, it's probably in my top ten favorite action films. Oh, this is gonna go swimmingly because because uh, I don't like it. Oh, okay. I don't like it very much. I'm not sure what to make of this. Um. So if you don't know what the raid is, it's a fairly simple premise. A um, it's Jakarta. It's the city of Jakarta. There's this huge big um, gang operating in an old rundown tenement, thirty blocks high, and the police, a cracked a cracked team of SWAT police, think enough's enough. Let's go in and uh, bust a cap in the the leaders. Ass. I'm really regretting saying that now, but it is what it is. You sounded so uncool saying it. <laughs> I'm a naturally uncool person. My body temperature is at least 200 <laughs> degrees Celsius at all times. <coughs> I'm the guy they talk about in Queen. They sing about in Queen's songs. <laughs> anyway. Digressions aside. Uh, the writing's on the wall here. It's all very... By numbers... 
this so the SWAT team goes in and it's successful up until a point it's all very well oiled and coordinated and I liked watching that you know seeing the team split apart pin some maneuvers work to together coordinate just purely through hand gestures and all that's all very nice to see all nice and well oiled and then the moment it goes wrong does it ever go wrong um so what follows is basically for the next hour and a half is just a desperate fight for survival um so the movie takes place mostly from the perspective of one of the um, SWAT police who uh, is established early on to be a rookie called Rama. Uh, so our protag, this is the guy whose name I'm not even going to try to try and save, uh, try and pronounce to save face. IKUA, I think. That's, that's how you pronounce it. Scott told me, but I'm just kind of like, I'm not the best at pronouncing names. We should have, we should, you should go back and edit in JD and every time <laughs> We're trying to mention his name, just get like a text-to-speech robot <laughs> going over us, saying his name correctly. So like, oh yes, I really like... There you go. Yeah. His performance was really <laughs> compelling. Um, okay. Um, there's a bit of a suspension of disbelief here. It, it, there's something about this that feels gamey. Video okay. gamey, that is to say. Um, it's like it's thirty levels of hell. In fact, the the movie kind of the way the movie advertises itself kind of promotes that. It's like going through thirty twenty cops going through thirty levels of hell. Obviously, it's flat levels, but you it also makes your mind think of video game levels. And each level is as seen in the movie. And that's looks a lot to get through. Um, with all the uh, junkies and criminals that want to kill the cops especially when the kingpin says that uh, if you, whoever kills a cop gets rid of these unwelcome visitors gets to stay here for free well there's a heckin incentive um so my main problem is just the suspension of disbelief gets tested quite a bit here uh there are multiple moments, including how these guys in full riot gear, you know, get picked off so easily. There was one particular scene where a firefight happens, and it's all very clever how this firefight happens. It's all dark, it's all completely dark, but the moment somebody opens a door, it casts and shoots through it, it casts enough light that the, uh, the gang members can see the cops, know the exact location, and spray down upon them. That's cool. These are all really cool. And then immediately they start getting decimated, the right guys. Start shooting back. This guy in a t-shirt gets hit like five times and he's still shooting and taking out cops. Whereas the cops are getting felled in like two or three hits and them. It's a bit... It's a bit sobering. Not sobering. Disillusioning. Okay. That's the best word I can think of. Even more so when the protagonist wrestles with this guy and uh, wrestles him out of a window eight stories high. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, tumble yeah. down and miraculously they land like a story or two down on a fire escape and Rama just so happened to be on top of the guy he was wrestling with who cushioned his fall. So he came off better than the other guy and... 
Yeah, I've not got much to say about this movie, unfortunately, that's positive. So I'll, I'll get onto that just now, I guess. The action sequences, I will give you, and give you and Scott fair credit. They are fantastic. You know, it is visceral. It is brutal. Um, you can really feel the impact of everything and the uh, sense of speed behind every blow or bullet shot. Um, so it's so the choreography is fantastic. It's just that the movie falls to pieces when it when it's outside of those scenes. I feel it's just very. There's a story. I couldn't tell you it. I couldn't care less about it. It's just very by numbers. You couldn't care less about like a group of cops trapped in a building and everyone's trying to kill them. Oh, it's an interesting premise, but it's just... Oh, by the way, you know, the rookie cops got a family. You know, they tipped that off at the start. And it's like, oh, well, they're dead. Happy. I was I was happy to be proven wrong. Spoilers. Um... <laughs> It's more a motivating factor at one point because he's like he's he's basically falling out of the skylight and he's really messed up and he's like he thinks about his wife and Babby. He's like ah, and he starts <laughs> charging forward again, only to uh, move from one blistering realization to another. He gets pulled aside by one of the kingpin's uh, lieutenants, who also happens to be, shall I, our protagonist's brother. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was a bit for shock but it just doesn't feel inspired nothing about the story feels inspired there's about a double crossing here and there um nobody's a good guy in this really apart from the rookie because he's just that you know that ever so goody two shoes cop he wants to play by the book he wants to uphold justice even as he is slitting 20 guys throats as you do do you know the director of this is from Wales? Really? Yeah, he... Um, That's why there's so many niceness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Hey, um, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's a guy called um, Gareth... Evans? Because there's, there's two directors called Gareth. Um, yeah, get your phone out because I can't, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, got the DVD. Got the DVD with one yeah. better. Yeah, Gareth Evans, yeah, because there was uh, Gareth Edwards did Monsters and Godzilla um, Rogue One, so I sometimes get them confused, but yeah, uh, so, um, yeah, so he did uh, did those two, and he he's really friendly with um, the main guy, he plays Rama, so... That's fair enough, um... Yeah, but... I just thought you might find that interesting. It's interesting <laughs> enough, it's just like, considering that it's, um... Oh, God... I was just about to say what country is this filmed in. Is it Indonesian or Jakarta? Where's Jakarta? I think it's Indonesia. Yeah, well, it's, it's Indonesian actually, yeah. So, oh god, here's my ignorance. You may want to cut a bit of this out. But yeah, it's. I, I watched, yeah, it's um, capital of Indonesia. Yeah, I watched yeah. it. I watched it with the uh, native language, Indonesian and all that, and the English subtitles up. Um, it was interesting it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to note that considering it's um, it all seems to be Indonesian uh, from the actors to the voices and all that um, that then there's a Welsh guy directing it I think that's kind of amusing it doesn't it's um makes for a good movie anyway as far as the action goes again I could watch it forever 
Um, there's something I want to say about this, but I'll save it for later. For um, you, what? For the, yeah. For the raid too. Well, you gave, <laughs> gave up the ghost now, JD. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so yeah, I may have watched both raids, <laughs> so we'll get to that in a bit. Um, yeah, um, I've got desperately nothing, a, a desperate lack of things to say about that. Um, music, music actually is quite good in this. The way it syncs up with the the blows and that. I'm yeah. a sucker for that. I'm such <laughs> a sucker for that. Did you like the acting? It was all right. Like I'm sorry, but everything outside the action sequences just left me so cold. Wasn't really interested in it. Um, I suppose I like the the guy who saves. The Rama in the end, Rama and his buddy. That was okay. That was a good. Se- that was a good little bit there. A nice little bit build up and tension when uh, the, the the thugs come in and start trashing the house and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was good. I'll support. I'll yeah, it's been it it's been a while since I've seen since I've seen them. So. Yeah. Um, also, to go with a special disbelief, why the hell's a rookie cop doing this? You know. But that's a minor minor complaint compared to other things. Oh, um, yeah, more suspension of disbelief. The amount of punishment some of these guys can take, like the the final sequence towards the end where it's... Um, oh, uh, Mad Dog. The, yeah, the, yeah. The Mad Dog's fighting both brothers. It's just like, could you f- just die? <laughs> that's a that's something that can't be taken out of context. I love them... One of like one of my favorite scenes in this. Uh, it's not a spoiler because it's not like spoiling mm. the story or anything. But it's the scene where he's hiding in the wall. Yeah, that's, and, that was and good. The, 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 the machete, machete goes right and he's like, yes, he I I really like that. That is like when I saw that. That is such a tense scene. <laughs> yeah, and using his like his mesh glove to wipe off the yeah. blood as it comes back out. See, there's little details that were really good. I really enjoyed it, but. Uh, enjoy the action scenes little details like that mwah, which makes it all the more polarising to see you know yeah. two guys get tossed out a window eight stories high so your like kind of your general consensus of this is you really like the action but you felt the story was a bit the story was not inspired and then there were a few moments that just kind of I don't know kind of shattered the illusion a bit yeah I mean it was realistic enough to have all these to have like one shot one kill on most of these guys and then suddenly this rookie cop is taking on everybody you know yeah there was a lot to it was it was hard to get used to maybe i'm being too critical of an action film but that's what i'm here for to be a pedantic little shit so and you feel that role so well (laughs) that's why i'm here and you know it Fifteen. Fifteen out of thirty five. You give it fifteen out of thirty five. I'll give it fifteen out of thirty five. Okay. I'm just gonna try and think of any other questions. Wait, what did I give Thunderbirds two thousand and four? Was that like single digits? I think uh maybe ten, I think. I'll bump it up to seventeen because I don't want it to get even close to Thunderbirds. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the rate the I not, feel not, I not feel like but the raid will go up to seventeen because uh, the raid will go up to seventeen, okay. Again, it's the action sequences 
I mean, Neanderthal, I could just watch that. I could be the yeah. entire movie and I Hon- would be happy. Honestly, uh, but like, it just feels like just battering rams going at each other, doesn't it? Like, Absolutely. It really Hammer does. and tongs. Yeah. Like, especially that that one scene where it's the the captain and Mad Dog. Yeah, and, oh, that was... Yeah, where, he, where he's just like, he puts away his gun. No, no, he tells him to put away his gun. It's just like... Fight me! <laughs> yeah, just wants a, just wants a big old fisticuffs fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fantastic to watch. Yeah. Like I say, all of it, all the fight sequence, all the action, but it's great to watch. The rest of it, I could I could leave it really. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so we'll give it seventeen out of thirty-five just to make sure to establish that I enjoyed it a fair bit more than most of my movies, <laughs> which is pretty pretty sad. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. So there we are. What was your first movie, JD? Uh, uh, my, sorry, my my first film, I had a bit of a stinker of my first film this, this week. Um, Welcome to my bread and butter. <laughs> um, it was called Dead in a Week or Your Money Back. Okay, well this is a policy I can get behind. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, so... The premise of this film is a, a depressed writer has tried to kill himself so many times, but he keeps failing, so he decides to pay a hitman okay. to do it for him. Right. And, yeah, so, yeah, so that's that's the general premise of it. It's an interesting. That's cheery. Yeah, it's it's an interesting premise because it's kind of like a black comedy. Yeah. But because because I watched the trailer for this and I was just like, oh, this looks pretty good. It it, it has an interesting cast. It has um, Christopher Eccleston in it. <gasps> um, B. <laughs> uh, it has Tom. Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. Um, a guy who I'm, I can't pronounce his name. Is uh, it, so? Velabor Topic? Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, oh, there's more. Sorry. Um, Aniran Bernard, Marion Bailey, and Freya mm. Mavor. Um, so, yeah, so the, 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 the trailer is nothing like the film, the actual film we got. Is it one of those instances where the trailer cherry picks the very best bits yes. and you're left with um, Also, the, like, the trailer gives, makes it be, makes it seem like it's going to be a bit more kookier and a bit more of a black comedy than, that, than it actually is. The actual oh. film starts off... Here's my biggest problem with the film. Yes. It doesn't blend the two tones well. Oh, and no. what I mean by by that is the comedy moments and like the sort of not not so comedy moments they don't mesh well because the comedy moments whilst there's a lot it makes the not so comedic moment st- like stand out like a sore thumb hmm. and it kind of really it it's really kind of jarring because yeah. it can go from it can go from kind of like a funny moment to kind of like something where you're just like it's just kind of slap what, what sort of yeah what sort of film is this you know um yeah 
as soon as you read, read the premise to me, my eyebrows probably did a little wiggle <laughs> because you can't. I, I, I anticipated it being a comedy. Yeah. It made sense because if you're going to take the premise that you just described seriously, well, it's, it's going to be five minutes. It's going to be like, oh, here's the assassin. Yeah. Done. Thankfully, this is a mercifully short film. Yeah, 90 minutes isn't much <laughs> it, for our feature. Yeah, it, um, it's well paced, I will give it that. Um, the casts are good, um, but I hate saying this because I don't like being that kind of person who... I, I'm the type of person who, who likes to say the, the, the cast and the crew work really hard on it. Yeah. But on this, I didn't find myself believing in the guy who played the main character, um, Anurin Bernard was his yeah. name. Um, um, so Wilkinson's the assassin, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tom Wilkinson is the... Yeah, and it's kind of... I... Not really, like... I wasn't really put off by him, but I just found him kind of... There was, even though he's meant to be this kind of sad, mopey individual, I found... Seriously depressed. It wasn't that. It, I, I don't know if it's because of the way he's written or what, but I just found him kind of... I just I just didn't think he was believable. Artific- he was artificial. Yeah. Um, and I, it was that was kind of noticeable for me a bit. Um, I mean, I'm sure, like I've seen him in other films. Like he's he's in Dunkirk, mm. which uh, which I saw, and I remember him being good in that. So he's he is a good actor. It's just not on this occasion. Yeah, um, Tom Wilkinson was actually kind of funny because he plays. It's he's really funny um, in this because he plays. He's not a very conventional hitman in the sense that he's not. What he what his character does is because he's part of like the I think it's called the Assassins Guild or something like that, oh. which is run by Christopher Eccleston. Oh um, right. So what they have to do is they have to meet a quota, and if they don't meet a quota, they get retired and not retired in the sense that they they die. I mean, just retirement. Oh, and he doesn't them. like that. But what's kind of funny about his is the way he goes about trying to meet his quota is he goes up to people who are. Uh, going to throw themselves off a building uh, oh. and stuff like that and and off and give some card saying don't do that I can kill you for you <laughs> what a convenient <laughs> setup for yeah. our main character yeah um it's kind of it's kind of funny because a lot of the scenes with him are in his house with his wife and his wife's going on about kind of like um, a knitting competition so he's kind of like this this assassin and she knows full well that he's that she's an that he's a sorry he's an assassin yeah because she's got it's like when he goes to go and uh um kill somebody she hands him a knife and, just, and then she goes just in case <laughs> oh wow no she's and, a keeper yeah and i find and i found that kind of funny um and also kind of like their their relationship was kind of a, like one of the strong points of the film because it was sorry it, the relationship between bet- sorry between um, Tom Wilkinson's character Leslie and um, Penny his wife okay. who's played by Marion Bailey yes um, so that kind of was fun um, William who is the main character who's the guy who wants to die but yes, can't yes. kill himself um, it, he starts up this relationship with um, 
this Freya? Guy, Freya Marvel, yeah, Who's who plays Ellie. Um, Ellie, yeah. Sorry, you're looking at the IMDb and I'm just I'm trying here to keep you <laughs> covered. Thank you. Um, yeah, so um, she wants to publish his book because right. he has this book and he's sending it all around, like all the publishers, things like that, and no one wants to um, publish to publish it but basically on the day that he hires Leslie um, mm. to kill him um, she rings him and is just like um, oh are you not um, I, I was worried I might you might have killed yourself by the time um, I, I, I got to you um, like I want to I want to talk to you about publishing this this film um, not uh, film this book sorry um, and she's kind of she's kind of the interesting character because she's um she's the type of person to make to crack a joke about about that because she knows that that's the only way she can um re- like get him to relate to her because if she because he's constantly talking about like death and suicide mm-hmm. um so she's just like okay I'm gonna talk to him about that so they have like and they like they have like stuff in common as well. Like both their parents died, um, and so yeah. Um, <coughs> Chris Eccleston's in this movie. Yes. He talks about being a fan of Michael J. Fox, um, and there's a really weird bit where he says um, I, he loves everything Michael J. Fox has done and then I think Tom Wilkinson says uh, what even Stuart Little and Sh- and Chris Eckens just just like don't bring up Stuart Little <laughs> and we're just like alright <laughs> what like what um, the writers are kind of yeah imposing their will a bit there yeah and it's just kind of like it's a bit weird um, especially when Stuart Little was a big film in my childhood yeah as well like because I remember going to see that and watching it a lot when we had it on video not DVD video as a kid I was remember- actually no no it was DVD sorry do do tell a lie um, um, it was DVD I remember seeing Stuart Little and thinking he was such a dark and wishing we could see more Snowbell <laughs> as a kid like, I related a lot to Snowbell <laughs> yeah Snowbell was great um so yeah, so it was kind of it was a bit um, a bit weird to kind of have that moment in there. Um, what I was going to say about this film, um, yeah, it's it's well paced. It has some funny moments, mainly to do with Tom Wilkinson's character. Like I feel like I feel like the more interesting film would be about his character, like a, a old assassin who doesn't want to retire, uh, but kind of gets forced. To retire, like I found his character more interesting. Yeah, than... the conflict there does sound better than. Yeah. I mean, this could have been done well. If yeah. Was, if if it had just been, I think leaned leaned more into the comedy. I think you're right on there. I mean, I I've not watched it because I don't watch anything. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. But I mean, from what you're saying, it's like it seems plain as obvious, even to an ignoramus like me, that you really have to lean into the into um brevity yeah for this because otherwise you take this seriously it's just gonna be miserable i mean it's watchable yeah like i probably would watch this again but like i'm like not going out of my way to do that because it's kind of 
it's really hard it's really hard to talk about this film but at the same time it is also really interesting to talk about this film because it's kind of everything they did wrong they did but there are still but some good bits in yeah, there and know. the premise itself has a lot of work I'd yeah, say if it's it was a really in right interesting hands. premise you know and there's like lots of like lots to mine from it you mm-hmm. know but um Story-wise, it kind of goes a bit... It's kind of... It go Like, I I kind of... Sometimes when I'm watching films, like, I'll do sort of, like, a excite meter, boring meter kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. This stayed a lot in, the, like, the boring meter, but occasionally, like, when there was something... Uh, basically, a lot of the time with, with Tom Wilkinson's character, it went into exciting a bit more. Fair um, enough. So it was his presence that really carried yeah. it. Yeah. In any regard, um, I don't think this film did a lot or said a lot of good things about mental health. Oh, you beat me to it. I was yeah. waiting to jump on you with the questions <laughs> in that regard. Um, I won't go into it oh, too much because it's kind of it's a heavy topic, well, and I'm not the best person to kind of talk about it at then length. Let's rattle these off real quick. Do you think the main character is justified in his want to kill himself? Do you think that... I know you think the actor's artificial um, in I mean, portrayal, yeah, but... Like, you can understand why he's upset, but, but at the same time... Is it enough for nine consecutive failed suicides? <laughs> you, like, it, you can understand why he's upset. Yes. Um... But, and like, you can relate to him on that level, but I feel like the way that kind of they, 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 like a lot of his, because he gets given a couple of speeches about um, why he's upset. Yeah. And they're not worded that great. Like, they're they're a bit sort of um, a bit heavy handed or sometimes um, when he's saying that, um, when he talks, when he goes through like big speech, a character will make a joke, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, wow, you go through like this whole thing, and then someone cracks a joke, and it's just kind of a bit yikes. Yeah. Um, really should have leaned more, leaned more into the the brevity. Yeah. Um, the the like the biggest problem this film has um, is just the fact that it doesn't mix the two tones well. No, it doesn't sound it. Um, that's the biggest problem. Um, I just want to quickly talk about the the uh, the ending before I open up for questions. Um, it doesn't work. It is <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's End of note. Um, it is far too convenient. It's just basically the it, felt, it kind of felt like the writers wrote themselves into a corner, uh, or like the writers. Or I didn't. Um, how many people wrote it? But uh, yeah, it kind of felt that they um, wrote themselves into a corner and kind of they just went oh what if this could happen yes (laughs) you know it was it was far too convenient and i would have liked something a bit bit more interesting (laughs) so yeah so i'll open up for questions now Oh, oh, sorry to say most of my questions were revolving around the mental health topic it's like um you're saying it's a bad depiction in a nutshell, can you explain why? Is this like we it know just, it's, it, just, it doesn't mix the tones well? I mean, I can understand. 
because like I'm the type of person who say you can to some extent you can joke about almost anything Mm -hmm. but with something like mental health you don't like it's it's really hard to to, to talk about yeah it's Um, a fun subject it is it you have to I don't think it was a realistic portrayal of mental health um I kind of feel like a lot of it was just so they can have a couple of jokes about it and then sort of, Oof. yeah. Oh, um, that's a, that's the wrong time to be doing it. Yeah. I think. Um, it's kind of, it's a bit. Okay. It's a bit iffy. Yeah, it's a bit well, iffy. I like, can see your discomfort. Yeah, thank you for we'll, for coming to, to my aid there. We'll but, move quickly. But, but it's it's. Um, I'll quickly say one one thing. I I'm not the best person to talk about this, uh, because I can sometimes not word things correctly. But um, yeah, I just think it was a bit. It was a bit iffy. Okay. So one more question. Then. Yeah. So, the more I'm hearing about this premise, there's two main directions that this could be taken in. One is to actually make it a bloody comedy and really focus into that mm-hmm. and make the whole suicide part not serious. Make make it a motivating factor, but obviously there's no actual threat that he's going to get off. Actually, does he get... I assume he doesn't get killed at the end. I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say, say a thing because... Okay. Say anything because um, I think... Because this is a recent film, I think it's like two thousand eighteen. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think people will see it soon. Kind of, it's Fair enough. Not, I don't want to do that. I will say this: um, you brought up the suicide thing. Um, <coughs> I don't think because because he makes a few. Um, he sort of mentions a few times that he's tried to kill himself yes. numerous times. I don't think. It's kind of um, put aside a bit, kind of like the characters just not necessarily like shrug it off, but they just go, "Oh, okay." This was like, "Oh yeah," it's like, "Oh yeah," figures in a shit hole like this, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, ah, classic. I didn't mean to go this deep into. I'm sorry, uh, but I'm curious about <laughs> it's, it. It's it's fine. Um, yeah, so... That's... The question is, there's two main directions, is to lean into the comedy and actually make it work yeah. and just have a complete, completely non-serious film or is to go the other way and actually, rather than the premise, it's just more to explore mental health. If you were director, where would you take it? Would you use it as a space to explore a difficult topic or would you use it as um, a place to exercise an interesting if silly concept I think I think it I think it's personally I think it explores the 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 silly premise yeah um well it just it like the the main problem with this is it doesn't mix the tones and I feel yeah. like I feel like if I was like I like either writing or directing it personally, I would aim a bit more to kind of mix those two tones better. So you still try and find the middle ground, but you yeah. just you just want to see it done better. Yeah, fair enough. 
Yeah. I will. Uh, I will save you from this movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Capitoff's chief. <laughs> what would you rate it? Uh, seventeen out of thirty-five. Ooh. I think. Yeah. That makes to make look pretty poor in comparison. <laughs> oh dearie. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. Actually, no. You know what? Sixteen. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, um, just, just to uh, establish it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just kind of i i felt a bit. It, I'm sure there are people who like this film. There always will be. Yeah. Um. I just felt it, it could have been done better. That's, That's probably the best way of, way of saying it. <laughs> Alright, I'm just going to take that quote and use it for my next film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good at concatenating these 35 minute rants. <laughs> um, so, shall I? Yes. Right, so, the rate two. Um, once again, I have decided to do a double feature. Last time it was Thunderbirds, Argo, and Thunderbirds 2004, and now it's two raids. This, now with 100% less raids. <laughs> it's just more for uh, brand recognition. And suppose it does continue the story. Um, Actually, yeah. the original title for this was The Raid Redemption. The Raid Redemption. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there ain't no redemption in the sequel be- <laughs> because um, our main man, Mr. Rama, um, ain't gonna rest. Well, can't rest in his laurels. Rather, um, basically, more crime, more corruption. There's like um, all these rival gangs now, mm. and half of them are like corrupt cops. So there's this little tiny splinter group that works in the shadows. They draft Ram and they say, "We can protect your family if you work with us. If you don't work for us, you're basically a dead man." Criminal underworld won't let you rest. Alright, fair enough. Um, so eventually he kind of wakes up, smells the ashes, and decides fine. He'll go undercover and he'll hobnob with one of the gangs um, and basically work towards getting them together so he can undermine them all. Um, he would like to arrest them, but this radical splinter group leader wants to kill them all. That's the only way to root out corruption. He's been in this game long enough, blah blah blah. Um, so that's our setup basically. And might I just say, there was a bloody lot of setup in this one. The runtime for Raid 1 was like an hour and 40. Uh, uh, 97 minutes or an hour and a half. Oh. Yeah. So Raid 2 was uh, 2 um, hours and 25 minutes, round about there. Yeah. That. That was a bit of a jump, um, and he definitely flexed that. It is. Time. It is. He. 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 Um. The. The writer and director. Of this. Uh, Gareth. Gareth yeah. Evans was said that he wanted to tell a bit more of a bigger story rather than because like the first one is meant to have that because it's set almost entirely in the tower. He wanted to tell like a bit more, like explore a bit more of Jakarta itself. Yeah. Like that. I don't think it worked. Um. I, I, we got I suppose actually the way this worked because he was undercover for so long for so much of the movie doing such awful things that you lose sight of who is he supposed to bust again well these criminals but are they the cops or is what um, 
you get drowned in this miasma of violence, brutality, illicit activity. Um, the leaders, their dispositions, their philosophy, their sons, and um, their willingness to prove themselves. It's all... These movies are very unfun. They're, they've got not a single spark of joy in them. And I think coming out of the Raid 2, that was especially pronounced. Perhaps I'm not cut out for this, so maybe I should shut up about these kind of films, but yeah, there was absolutely nothing to alleviate this. It was just decent. I'm going to try and, I'm going to kind of blur the line between these two movies because they are virtually the same in how they're portrayed. It's all very unclean. I mean that, like, everything's dirty, grimy, grungy, the actions are all bloody, brutal, ruthless. Nobody is good in this, in either of them. And it's just a bit suffocating, especially with this increased runtime. Um, and again, I don't really care about the story, partially because I got lost in just all of this back and forth mm. in the criminal underworld, and partly because, once again, the action sequences are fantastic, and everything else is just... That kitchen fight scene, though. How good is that scene? Yeah. That scene is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love the music. The music to it, the score again, give some credit. When it comes to the action sequences, it was a bit uninspired. It was very serviceable. It worked in sync again, which was great. And the rise and the rise in the instrumentals and the uh, volume as it reached its climax is all very by the number stuff as the Raid One did. But it's it's good. It's by the numbers for a reason because it's, it's fundamentally good shit. Um, there's also another part of the soundtrack that I really liked. It's um, not so much proper music, but it's like these ambience things that they have at tense moments to being done before. But it was real. I don't know. It, it it really caught my attention this time because it felt so good. It was noise basically. I I used miasma before to describe something else, but it also works here. It was a miasma of noise going across your speakers. You know, as as, a, as you can feel it articulate. Are you watching this on TV? Or on my computer, always. Yeah. But I try and make it as cinematic as possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Put your face right up to the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I, I, I'll go to on a tangent, so I'll not. Um, yeah, it's like a drunken miasma of noise, and it does a really good job of articulating the character's emotions without them saying anything or... Um, body language is good actually as well. With that music, it's like oh, you really get into those tense moments. Like, is they going to blow up? Is it just going to all go to shit? Um, I really like it because I, I like my ambient noise in, in games. Just and um, it, it was reminiscent of that. I I, I like good audio um, design, and that particularly struck out um, to me. So, uh, that's the good points, I think. Action sequences, oh my goodness, I could watch it all day. Here's my, I think, one. Of, I have many problems with this, and one of the problems that I have is this wants to be a martial arts movie. So, both of these want to be a martial arts movie. So goddamn bad, and... And Rama, also known <laughs> as... Um, <laughs> Iko Uwai. 
So I don't know if that's correct, but we're going with it. <laughs> he clearly has the chops to do it. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he knows his stuff. The choreography is on point. Um, that kitchen scene you pointed out, so this is towards the end of the movie, and it's one of the... They try to give... There's a lot of these, like, subordinate characters, but they try to give them personalities. Well, personalities as far as they're, they're, they are bastards or bitches, depending on your preference, and they have a preferred weapon. Um, Baseball bat girl. It wasn't a girl, actually. She was the one with the hammers, the club oh, hammers. Club. Yeah, it was... Uh... Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name. Sorry. Yeah, the, yeah. Know, she she has the claw hammer and he has the uh, baseball bat. Yeah. And we'll get to that. <laughs> so the kitchen scene is um, kind of highlights the problem. Of this movie it has an identity crisis. Oh, it's good. It does a good job of being a murky, miserable, bloody miserable criminal underworld movie. To its credit, it does it too well. I think. Um, but then this fight scene with the guy with the knives, he doesn't even bring out the knives until he's about to lose. Instead, you know, they both crouch down into a, a martial posture, unarmed. <laughs> and I had I really died laughing when the, uh, the antagonist kind of did that wee shuffle right up to him. Oh my god, that was the only humorous moment and it definitely wasn't intended. It wasn't meant to, yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't meant to be funny. No, and there's... You know, and it's like a few rounds of them just training like one, two, three, four blows, and then they stop and readopt the stance and close back in. And the music there is all rises and falls with their movements. It's fantastic. It's like, so why the fuck are we not in the martial arts movie? Because I, because this is just perfect. If that, if that's what it was, um, so that was my main frustration with the raid too. My main frustration with both raids is that they're just effectively far too miserable um but they are like i know they're not meant to be happy movies i know they're not meant to be happy movies understandable but it's balance you know there's got even if it's the bleakish well maybe it's my opinion well this is a very opinionated podcast sean get up the times it's my it is my opinion that there should be a little bit of balance something to offset the main theme that you have yeah. in the movie because otherwise it's it can just be a bit too intense especially considering the content of this one and there was none of that like I say it was suffocating so either I'm not cut out for it which is very likely or maybe uh, I don't know someone will nod their head in agreement let us know in the comments <laughs> Um, You'll get, you, you might you might get slaughtered in the comments because <laughs> everyone loves the raid. The bah, raid bah, bah, like I'm saying, it's a fantastic action movie. As long as it's trying to be an action, as long as it's having action. When it's not having action, it's just. Are you? Are you? Okay. So what I'm guessing, what what I'm getting from you is, you feel that the action is bogged down by a lot of like. Um, Everything else outside of it, like yeah, okay. The story. The, the, I would the, argue that that's more of a problem in the raid two than it is yes. the raid. He but, wanted to make a bigger story and it hasn't worked. Well, yeah. it has worked. He's got a bigger story, but it hasn't helped the the flow of it. The pacing is frankly shocking. The raid one, at least, um, I was thinking a bit set up in raid one even, but can by comparison, it's breezy. They go in and it yeah. goes wrong, and then suddenly it's it doesn't. It, 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 it sticks its fingers up your nose and drags you along for the next 45 minutes 
constantly fighting for survival. Um, and that was actually, and now that I have the two moves compared to each other, Raid 1 does it better. It's condensed and it's focused, mainly I think because it isn't such a singular enclosed environment. It was really punchy compared to its sequel. Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, closing comments I have, I just want to touch upon the, the little characters, quote unquote, because um, they are mainly defined not by the personalities, these um, henchmen, but rather the weapons that they have. That is their defining trait. And again, video games, I was really thrown off by this baseball guy. It's like, hey, American audience, do you actually know if you could kill somebody with a baseball like that at that speed? It would hurt for like hell, sure, but could you kill them? Really? Oh, you could, because he. He, he, he straight up gets, has a baseball, aluminium bat, not that that's the problem here in this case, it just goes whack and kills it, well, seems to kill a guy with it. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the, yeah, okay, um, does that not, does that bit not cut away though, because, it, like, it, he, like, that, like, that was just the character, to if I remember correctly, that was just the character toying with the, that guy and then it well, got away before he did anything no it doesn't because there's, there's two guys having a deal and he, whack, he, he, he he batters up and he knocks one of the guys out well, swing batter batter swing like, there's blood and everything and he falls to the, the ground and he doesn't get back up for the rest of the scene and then when the scene leaves we don't go back to it so it's presumed he's either out cold or dead there's definitely it definitely implies death which makes me kind of think and then later on, Ram really gets his block taken off when the, the ball whizzes past him and leaves a crater in the walls. Like, what are Indies? It's never explained, and the lack of explanation just makes that, it that feel reminds goofy. me a bit of. Did you ever see. Um, was it Spectre, um, James Bond film? No. Oh, okay. Do you mind if I. It's, yeah, not, really, it's not really like a spoiler, but there's a bit where. Because Dave Batista's in it. Mm. And there's a bit where he gouges um a dude's eyes out with Lovely. his thumbs and then there was there was um a thing going on that one of a maybe Dave Batista or the guy who wrote it or the director I can't remember who but they said that he had um still um still fingers thing, uh, finger caps uh in his thumbs and Aww. that's why he did it and I'm just like no you could do that with your thumbs yeah you don't have to have that like, you don't have to Game have Game of Thrones is like a word with you <laughs> yeah Game of Thrones was just like hold my bear <laughs> before before it even needed to be proven yeah um, um, but but yeah and so that kind of reminds me a bit of that like, no you don't need that um, and it's it's like I'm going on a real tangent really quickly it's like Tomb Raider 1 Night from the nineties, there is a sequence. At, there's a level at the very end of the game. We have to get your weapons back, and there's three, like uh, secondary antagonists you fight. One's like, and it's all really cliche shit because he's like a black bald guy with a trench coat and a shotgun. You have to fight. Another one's like some yank with a rifle, I think. And the other, watch this, is a is literally a kid in a. Um, rugby jersey, a baseball cap, and shorts, and he's on a skateboard with Uzis. And he's just, 
And he's in a, like a he's in a cave, but the cave's been fashioned to be a skate park with lava pits, and he's just running around shooting you. That's what this baseball guy feels like to me. Yeah. There's this woman who's got Jill who uses two claw hammers, and you can kind of see why she would use them. She uses them to terrify an effect. And there's another guy with the little um, curved daggers. There's an obvious point for them. But then you just got the guy with the oh, got an aluminum bat and balls. Give me my ball back, mister. Well, I mean, if you, got, if, just... if you got an MO, you got an MO, don't you? <laughs> to be fair, I, I'll, I'll talk about the lack of um, brevity in these movies and I've just pointed out one particular example. But it's more stupid than funny. I'm going to stop now before, because I'm pretty sure the comment section is on fire, if at all. Um, are you okay for questions then? Yeah, go on, give me questions. Um, uh, what did you think of the car chase scene? Okay, me yeah. like. It's not Ronan, but it's pretty decent. Did, um, did you know how they filmed one bit? Uh, what bit? You know the bit where the camera goes between the cars? Yes. Do you know how they filmed that? No. So, <coughs> it's going to sound very stupid, but they had uh, they had the camera guy dressed up as a car door, and they yeah. had and they had him in the car, and all they just did as the car door, and all they just did was pass the camera to him, and he filmed the other the other car scene. <laughs> And also, there's a bit in the first... as a car door! Yeah. There's also a bit in the first one where they... Because they use, like, for the slow motion bits, they mm. used a special camera for that because no. there are specially made cameras for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, for one of the days that they needed it, the cameras hadn't shown up. So all they just did was they got all the people who were in that one shot... Just to move very, very slowly. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> I need to watch that now. I bet I could spot it with that information. So, yeah. But how, do you, how do you feel about that? I want, I want that guy to dress up as a car door for his next Halloween party. I mean, hang on. I, I'm sure I'm like... I'm sure you can see it because, because when I heard that, I was just like, no. And then when I... Um, any other questions while you're looking uh, up? I am. I'm just. I'm just gonna look, look um, because it is. I am. Because I'm. I'm just gonna like find that because it is. Oh no! Yeah, no. He wasn't the car door. He was. He was. Uh, the, the seat. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, <coughs> Google that, audience. You'll 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 thank us later for that one. Oh my lord! It's the Michelin man. He's everywhere. <laughs> it goes to show you what happened. What's what levels people go to to get their jobs. Oh God, bless practical effects. I mean, practical's a bit of a loose term here, but <laughs> it worked, what can you say? Okay, uh, anyth- anything else? What would you rate it? Oh, okay, we're there. Right. I'm interested to see what you think of it compared to the first one. It's a 13. 
13. It's a 13. Okay. The red one was better because it, it was technically because it was short. It also felt more focused as a result yeah. of that. The raid 2 feels like it's much like the main character wanting to rest in its laurels and actually being able to. Okay, that's fair. Bam, that's, there we go. That's, that, that's a catchy way to do it. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm just not going to look at the comments ever for the next <laughs> week or two. Um, I'm sorry. If you love it, that's fine. I don't. What was your second movie, JD? Well, <laughs> oh. as I said to you before we started recording, I said I'm in a bit of a pickle because I could talk about two films, uh, for what, uh, two other films, mm. but I don't know which one I want to talk about because... I've got a coin somewhere. Um, I was actually going to say one or two. Oh, okay. Two. Okay. That's the face of a man who's trying to swallow his pride. <laughs> um, okay, that's fine. Is it? Yeah. Good. Well, um, well, well, lead us in, JD. I am going to talk about It Chapter 2. Ah. Yeah. And for those of you wondering, uh, the other film was Game Over Man. Um, well, it's game is now over, yes. <laughs> um, so, It Chapter 2. Sorry, you're just putting a funny face at me. Um, is uh, a sequel to it, um, and it's based on the Stephen King book. Yep. Um, and basically, it's set uh, twenty-seven years after the first encounter with the alien clown thing called Pennywise. Yes. Have you seen the first one? Do you know? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Do you want a quick recap or? Give us a quick recap. Okay. Just so we're all on the same. Bo- Basically, uh, the first one begins with um, these kids who. The, the, it, it begins with um, this kid called Georgie who. Um, he. He asked his brother to make a boat. For him, like out like a like a paper boat, and he goes sailing it down. But the 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 boat gets sucked into this sewer, and then he's like really sad about it. But then this clown, oh, the clown appears. Yeah, this clown called Pennywise like... appears. Um... <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the memes. Sorry, carry on. Um, yeah. So and basically, spoiler alert: the clown kills Georgie. <gasps> So, yeah. Um, and basically the rest of the film is this these group of kids called the Losers um, basically go up and try and kill this... Clown. Clown, yeah. Let's call him by what he is. <laughs> He's actually an alien form that crashed land so, like, oh, like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Now I see um, why this is... Um... Stephen King's work. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, the reason why it's called it is because it takes form of, like, loads of different things throughout the film. Like, yeah. um, like specifically to try and um, uh, bring up fear in children. Lovely. it eats children. Lovely. <laughs> um, um, so, it, it, the next one is set 27 years after. And mm-hmm. um, the kids are now uh, grown up. 
and they are now played by Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, um, Jay Ryan, James Ransom, Andy B. So, yeah, so that's who they are now. Um, so, do I think this is a good film? No, I'm going to guess. No. Okay. In, no, actually, in short, in short answer, yes. But actually, no. <laughs> I th- it does have some problems. Yes. Namely, it is too long. It is near three hours long. <laughs> with Good with God. adverts and trailers, it is three hours long. Good Lord. So, yeah. But, uh... <coughs> um... I feel it wraps up a lot of the the first one in a really good way. Okay. Um, I feel like it was also a, a good direction to sort of take it in. It also kind of because the book itself is over a thousand pages long. <sighs> because Stephen King is the type of writer who prefers longer stories to to shorter stories. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, um, it also does a pretty good job because there's a lot of weird shit in the book. Yeah, I see. <laughs> um, there's one particularly which I'm not going to get into, um, but there's one particularly controversial scene which they've cut from both from from because uh, it was originally a 1980s. Um, yeah, I remember actually the old VHS of the movie. Yeah, the original yeah. Movie. Um, it was originally a, a miniseries with Tim Curry. Um, but that controversial scene from the book is not in that in or that or this. these films, yeah, and for obvious reasons. Um, <coughs> the there's there's also like a lot of stuff like um, spoilers for the actual book. Um, there's a bit in it where they. They hallucinate Ooh. a giant turtle called Maturin, right. who's basically the nemesis of it. Right. And so that's not in the book because it's a bit hard. It's a bit kind of hard to put that in there, even though you that, mean it's not in the film. It's not in the film, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, even though that turtle is kind of plays a big sort of a big part in most of Stephen King's books. Oh or in a lot of his books, not most of them, but like actually I wouldn't say a lot, a few. So it's a multiverse <laughs> um, turtle. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um so yeah. Um the They call me the King Turtle. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, story-wise, this is pretty good. Um, the I it it deals it deals a lot with kind of like grief and sort of trauma and sort of um, stuff like that um, in a really interesting way. Mm. Um, I kind of feel like it was kind of it was really interesting to see sort of like how these adult characters have kind of 
trying to think what I was trying to say. Kind of, um, sort of deal with because their no, loss. No, yeah, deal with deal deal with their loss on kind of and um, yeah. Um, it's so a lot like a lot of the movie is they can they they have like flashbacks mm-hmm. to kind of like their their younger selves and that's quite nice because the the younger cast is really good as well like there's Finn Wolfhard and um, Sophia Lilith uh, I think um, so they're they're a really good cast as well and also the adults are really good as well especially like um, Bill Hader who plays the adult version of Finn Wolfhard yes um, and they I feel like the film makes some really interesting choices um, some uh, changes from the book Okay, so um, which make the film more uh, more interesting. Um, well, that's a rarity. Yeah, um, making changes for the benefit. I mean, I love I love the book. Like, I think the book's really good. It's probably in my top five King books mm-hmm. because I'm a big fan of Stephen King. That's fair. <laughs> my mother would have a word with you probably. Sorry. My mother would have a word with you probably. <laughs> Does she not like him then? Oh, she, she's read a lot of Stephen King stuff. Okay. I don't know what her stance is these days. Yeah. Um. But she's all into that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, I because uh, and um, this is something the film says a lot as well. Um, his ending seemed a bit kind of just thrown in there, like he just abruptly finishes books. And I, to some extent, to to some extent, I agree with that. Like, um, I would say Pet Cemetery is probably the worst example of that. Mm. But um, I feel with it, he has a really good ending. With the book, um, <coughs> with the film, um, I feel the film does it really well. It it's, it can be a bit sentimental as well because it looks back at kind of the the past characters yeah, well, and deal with grief, as you said. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I I I've, I was it was a decent sequel. Um, it, it was very scary. Yes. Um, I uh, Pennywise in this Doing is. Very f- freaky <laughs> compared to the first one. Even though in the first one he was terrifying as well, but in this, there is. I feel uh, Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise, yeah. says that he, um, in this one, he's a bit more angrier, and it really does show. Like it really shows. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is a terrifying clown. Only a face of mother. Yeah, um, I also kind of like. I like so the film the like the film opens up with uh, a controversial scene um, from the book, which is these two uh, it's um, these two guys are beaten up in a homophobic attack, and um, oh God. one of them is thrown over a bridge and basically left to drown, and so the other his. Uh, boyfriend um, goes um, and tries to find him and he looks over and <coughs> sees Pennywise and Pennywise just eats his heart like, and it is very intense that entire scene not because of like Pennywise as well but kind of like just the, like the homophobic attack itself is very intense but it's a great way because it's been like two years two three years um since we we were in this world but it's a great way to kind of throw you back into it and kind of go mind you what you're here for 
yeah. want to expect. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have said they're not sure if it's as good or better than the first one, and I'm one of those people who agrees with that because I liked the first one because it felt it it, it felt like a coming of age tale with horror in it. Um, but this kind of felt more of a horror story. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like I'm a bit unsure which one I prefer. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you were gonna ask. It's a satisfying resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Then it also it, it it's also quite nice because it. I feel it does the book justice. Like I really do because it like a lot of it is kind of. To to read the actual book. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit hard to kind of go. What was Stephen King thinking when he wrote this? <laughs> um, well, we've got an alien client, so yeah. Yeah, um, but I've kind of feel like the the film has made some good changes to it, so it has that. You know, that's a a rarity, but a welcome one. Yeah. Um, welcome. Yeah, I just uh, it was it was a decent sequel. I feel like its biggest problem was that it was too long. Yeah, I was about to say, is it justified when it's right <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, there is a lot that they kind of need to resolve in it, so it kind of makes sense. Um, I just want to point out a couple of key scenes. So, sure. um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen It Chapter 2. Fingered in your ears. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so just skip along until we... You should this. proceed to this point in the <laughs> podcast. I will. Um, I'll try and include ta- a timestamp of when you can go back to. But yeah, the, if Still not, I do apologise. Uh, so basically, spoiler alert for the next couple so minutes whilst I talk about cu- a couple of the scenes in particular. We will. Um, there is a scene where. Um, so basically, a lot of the film is them tr- going back to relive relive their past and to kind of. Um, find like these things that meant something to them as a child mm-hmm. uh, so Beverly goes back to <coughs> her house that she lived in with her abusive dad yeah um, and now there's a person living there um, who's really it in disguise um, so and that's a really good scene because it's very it builds up the tension really well and there's kind of like there's really sort of like odd moments where um so it's it is disguised as an old woman, <laughs> and she's kind of there's like one scene where she's sort of hiding, in the, where she's sort of standing in the background, watching what Beverly's doing, um, and but Beverly does, doesn't notice her, so she, um, all of a sudden you just see a freaky dancing out of um, out of the shot, and it's just really, it's I like stuff like that where it is off putting, yes, because I feel like that is creepy. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, I, that's probably my favourite scene in Little this, just because piece. I love that kind of humour where it, um, not humour, um, like horror, where it kind of like, it, it's gradually builds up and well, builds up. Well, that's the magic of it. Yeah. Just don't go all out. Jump scares are rubbish. Oh, I hate, I hate jump yeah, scares. Just build up I, I really, Unless, unless it's like jump scares which are like effective because they are, they're based on more of an emotional 
stuff like I lo- I prefer those kind of mm. ones but it's still um, usually a, a pretty cheap tactic yeah um, but I honestly uh, that was probably the best scene the finale uh, are you okay if I spoil it? Yeah, or? go for it. I don't do horror. Okay. Um, so the finale is basically they. It's pretty close to the book. They fight. Um, Pennywise is a giant spider. He, he's, oh. he's got like eight legs, but he's oh, like... clown spider. Two phobias and one. <laughs> um, in the actual book, back. in the actual book, if I remember correctly, he is a spider. But in this, it's he's Pennywise, but as like a spider. So it's like. Um... It's like a dryer that's got like a, a, a human top path, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, um, and that's kind of cool. And I like I like the way that they beat him because even though right, it is Carry, even though it is pretty cliche, the way that it's done is really emotionally effective because it's them sort of like going... Uh, the, basically, the way that they defeat him is... Um, they're going like they make him feel small yeah he's small like they're going like oh oh, i'm not scared of you you're you're just a clown and and all that and like the way it's done is really good actually i'm just like Um, i'm just (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a great scene as well because um yeah in the trailer you see that that scene yeah um, but in the actual film, it's really effective. Um, so it's kind of it changes the context again, but for the better. Yeah. Between yeah. the trailer and film. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm I'm not coming out of spoiler territory. So welcome back to everyone who who uh, ah. who sort of put their fingers in their or ears. skipped. Yeah. About, um, about five. So yeah. So. <laughs> Hello again. Um, ah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I liked it chapter two. Um, I thought it was a good sequel. Any questions? I don't think so. Um, hmm. Horror is even more out of my field. So I'm gonna. You're gonna do really well for our Halloween episode. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna have several changes of pants. <laughs> I'll bring along um, a biological waste container. Oh, God. <laughs> any, any questions? Or... Uh, my questions are more turned towards this Halloween movie now. <laughs> um, um, that that, that lo- is now looming over my head like a guillotine. That's, that's in two episodes time, by the way. Oh, okay. I've got two <laughs> weeks to prepare myself. Sweet. I don't think so. I don't think I'm satisfied with that. Okay. Um... Shall I just write it? in the book. It is. Yeah, I think you've answered my questions that I had. So what is it, JD? I would give this a 29 out of 35. Oh, damn! Yeah, which is... 29. Yeah, probably our highest one this episode. It is, by a, a long shot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just feel like this and the actual first one as well are great examples of books that have been adapted the films that have been adapted from Stephen King would you recommend any other film book adaptations The Shining's pretty good here's um, Johnny <laughs> here's Johnny um, the the Stand miniseries is pretty good um, I probably The Stand is my favourite book by him um, so um, that was 
uh, a pretty good mini series, which they're actually doing again now. They're doing they're doing another one of it with a good cast. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Is that a little bit of premature film news? I hear. Uh, no, not not really. But I mean, if you want to call it that, then you can call it that. <laughs> you can call uh, it precursor. <laughs> um, yeah, the stand's pretty good. Um, Misery, Misery's a good good one. Um, let's try and think what else. Um. So it's not just an outlier case of an adaptation being good. There is plenty to find out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand because I, 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 Scott doesn't like Stephen King that much. Yeah. Uh, or like we've had conversations about that and he said the best uh, ones that he's seen off films were make a lot of changes to his stories, which... To some extent, I agree with yeah, but at the same time, there like there are stuff in his books that I find scary, you know. Um, That's just fair. But if you're looking for a good book to read, read The Stand because it, it is it's like over a thousand pages long. You'll not want. Yeah, and it's just it's because it's like set in um, set in a world where like 90 something percent of humanity has been wiped out by this super flu and it's it's really good so yeah so um so yeah so that was it chapter two ah, see that's funny because it was the last movie so that was it <laughs> hey i'll get my court <laughs> um so, yep, so we're now... It's, it feels really weird to be doing film news when Scott isn't here. It's, it's, it's such a quick episode today. Yeah. So, film news, everyone. So, uh, yep. Yeah, um, first bit of film news. Lem Wiseman is directing a female John Wick spin-off called Ballerina. That should go down a treat, shouldn't it? Yeah. Is, um, there's nothing released for it yet, is there? Is it just... Uh, no, no, that's that's just what it's called. I mean, I don't know if it's a working title at the moment because sometimes they do that and then change it, change the title sort of yeah, yeah. production. But um, yeah, this could be interesting. Um, Not much to go on just there for yeah. the moment. I mean, Len, Len Wiseman's an interesting director. I think he's the guy who did under like the Underworld series, which which is. Uh, was kind of okay, but um, you don't feel comfortable saying <laughs> no, that. No, it, it was kind of like I, I watched like the first two, and then it, like a few people told me that it, the rest wasn't that great. So, but um, yeah, so um, I mean, I'm interested in that. I know, I know he can. He, he's he's a good director. Like visually, he's he's impressive. So, yep. Yeah, so this could be interesting. Fun to watch. Um, next bit of film news, and this concerns Matrix Four. Ah, excellent! Um, what forgot? Yah, Yah, I'm gonna say that right. Yah, Yah, Abdul Mateen the Third. Wow. Um, Neil Patrick Harris and Jessica Henwick have been cast in the Matrix Four. Right. So. Uh, do you know any of these people? No. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um. Uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen was Black Manta in Aquaman. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, every, uh, 
Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Yeah. Over um, my head. That's when Jessica Henwick was in Iron Fist, and she's. They're all pretty good actors. So okay, this... so, well, I imagine it has some pretty good chops for this project. Yeah. Um, this could be good. Um, I think they're joining Keanu, Carrie Moss, Ke- and Ke- Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah. Th- those have been, those three have been confirmed. Yeah. So, I wonder how they'll get um, applied. Yeah, um, I mean... I'm, Again, we're back to that juncture. Um, was it last week or the week before where we're kind of think, well doesn't matter for the audience considering we're releasing it together but um, it comes back to that how is this going to work I want to know where we're they going haven't, they haven't said anything just yet mm-hmm. um, so it could be sort of it does yeah. I'm I mean, it's, it's really hard to talk about a film that's in production at, or is going to be in production soon, I want, what I want to know is um if they're going to get Juno Reactor to do the soundtrack again. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that could be quite cool. Yeah, you remember the the, the music for the, the whole chase sequence in the yeah. highway? That is 10 minutes long, uninterrupted, yeah. and it's gorgeous. Yeah. So that's um, the genius behind that. I hope they get him in. Um, yeah, me too, actually. Cause I, think, I also think it might be quite cool to, to, to go back to that. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I think it might... It, really cool to go back into that world because there's been sort of technology wise there's been sort of a massive update from when yeah because um, we like we now have things like drones and um like and looking at stuff with like, like tesla and elon musk are doing virtual like, reality yeah virtual reality in a well. nutshell we're getting closer to the reality that we yeah. projected um, um two decades ago so yeah. it's a, I think it's a as, as far as the t- um, time of it's concerned it's perfect yeah it's a perfect time to bring up this discussion because there's a lot of things needed answered yeah. or at least needed ex- that should be explored within media about these things yeah um, I mean yeah so I just I just can't wait to see that I'm, I'm hoping my, my main hope is that um, with people like Neo and Trinity. I I'm I'm hoping it, f- it doesn't focus on them that much because I think it might be quite. It'd be more interesting to explore other characters because we've had three yeah. films with them in. But and considering how and there's not much they could do with them. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah. Um, definitely got tabs on that anyway. Uh, next bit of film news. Yes. Taron Edgerton has confirmed that Kingsman 3 has a script. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Are you a fan of the Kingsman films? Yeah? Come on, Jamie. <laughs> I have watched more movies in the past couple of weeks doing this <laughs> podcast than I have in years. Um, so, when was the last Kingsman, JD? Two years ago. Okay. And we're getting a prequel one this yeah. year called The King's Man. So it's doing well for itself. Yeah. To... I wasn't a big fan of Kingsman 2. Um, I thought original? it was. Uh, I thought the original was so much better, but mm. I mean, it was. It was. It, it The thing with Kingsman 2 was it went in a good direction. In that it went completely opposite from what the first one did, but by doing that, 
it lost a lot of what made the first ones so, so good. good. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah. It was could, it was it an inevitability to see a a, a trilogy? No, but at the same time, I kind of thought they were done because um, Taron Edgerton was just like, yeah, there's not going to be a Kingsman 3. And then he goes and says there's a new script. And a prequel, just, <laughs> yeah. to, just to... Well, I think by that time, the prequel had been confirmed. That's so fair. he was just like, yeah, um, his character and Colin Firth's character kind of have, have had their arc, so it's time to explore other people. Um, so, yeah, um, this could be interesting. I think could be alright well I'll put it on my watch list so I can get educated please do sir um next bit of film news which is some Batman news uh there's been some casting news ooh uh Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Catwoman and Paul Dano has been cast as the Riddler hmm Are you looking at Zoe Kravitz? No! <laughs> <laughs> I love that how there's just that awkward silence and you're just like, no. I'm not swatting up, but if you're swatting up. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, oh. so, <laughs> Lego Batman movie, I've got an end. Yeah, she, she was Catwoman in that, but she's um, Catwoman. Catwoman barely the presence in that now that I think about um, it. I personally think these are some good choices, especially Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. Has he had? Has he been? Is it like Batman Ninja, where he's been this sort of role before, casting before? Um. Or has he just kind of been? Um, he's not played this sort of character, but he has played sort of like um complex characters, like the Riddler is. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So like, I really hope that because Matt Reeves, who did Cloverfield and the last two. Planet of the Apes movies with Andy Serkis I really hope um, he can write this well because he's juggling a lot like he's juggling Robert Pattinson's first um, first Batman movie he's juggling a lot of villains and it's just kind of to I really hope this comes well this comes out well maybe a bit burnt out by the time we get around to this yeah yeah um but yeah, no, my, I, I have high hopes for this. I really do. <laughs> Fingers um, are crossed. Uh, next bit of film news. Yes. Uh, sorry, I've lost my place. Oh. Uh, where am I? Okay. Um, Ryan Reynolds has teased a Marvel meeting with a photo. So, Deadpool 3 sounds... Pro- oh, I think that was a safe bet. Yeah. Um... I also have added on to this um, that the writers who are Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick have basically said that they're just waiting for Kevin Feige to, to, to say go for it, basically. So, okay. yeah. Which could be really interesting. Um, no. Have you seen the first Deadpool? I've seen the first one and I loved it. I don't do superhero films, so obviously I suppose an anti-hero would be more palatable and... Yeah, it was good dumb fun. Yeah. We mean to see a second one. Oh, there, the there, second one is not so much an anti-hero, but he is still 
a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. So. All right. So yeah, uh, a third one. I'm not, I wasn't. I wasn't too surprised when the second one was announced. I'm not surprised to hear a third one's. Well, it's not as old but announced. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, what else would he do in conjunction with Marvel? True. I mean, he basically plays himself at this point anyway, so... Yeah. Ryan Reynolds going to any sort of cast and is just like, oh, well, it's a Ryan Reynolds movie. Sure, yeah. Kind of like in the same sense that I'm sorry, love movies, and I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, next bit of film news. Yeah. Sonic. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Um, Here's where the 35-minute segment's coming in. Uh, Sonic... Um, new image has been leaked apparently so yes after what do you think thank god frankly um this is personal for me i when i was 10 i got my first console it was a ps2 my first one i got three games with it i got spider-man 2 yeah belter <laughs> got shrek 2 belter right, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing in my swamp <laughs> And the third game... Donkey! And the third <laughs> game, you might have guessed, was... Donkey! That'll do it, Donkey! <laughs> My third game was the Sonic Mega Collection, so it was yeah. all the old classic Sonic games in one package. And um, so that's where my love for Sonic started, and then um, Sonic 2006 happened, and then the love died. I it's a franchise that is universal with um, being a mixed bag, shall we say? Mm. And then you have I'm I'm kind of describing the whole thing, let alone the the bleeding leak. But this movie is bad news. Mm. You know, video game times. The only one that's really worked well has been Detective Pikachu. I'm not sure if I can discern why. Maybe because it's this, it's got genuine love in it but I think the problem also have you seen Tomb Raider yet? no the, the newest one no I actually quite liked it and it was kind of it wasn't anything special yeah but it was kind of a good adaptation well it can't do much worse than the Angelina Jolie ones the first one was okay the second one was garbage yeah <laughs> yeah so the video game titans to do good, to, 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 to be okay is an achievement. To be yeah. great is unheard of, which is why Detective Pikachu stands out so much in my mind. Um, I think it's the writing just as much as, as a problem, because how do you usually write with these things, you know? My, so I don't know if you know, if, if you heard heard this, but when we, because we covered this in previous episode. Oh, I bet. When it, when it happened, because basically what happened was there was a whole... I want what? crazy storm would be the polite way of saying it on Twitter. Say like uh, oh, the, tw- the, saying the, how bad it looked. Oh, it, and then let's not beat around the bush. It looked awful. We're going to contrast here, JD. <laughs> no, um, hang on, just just because <laughs> uh, I it, I agree, it didn't look great. But so, but what I'm kind of about to say was I didn't like the fact that because of that storm it caused a delay in the production in the, sorry in the uh, 
release of the movie. So it basically, because of that storm, it pushed back the release date. Yeah. And I didn't like that because I feel that the animators put a lot of work into it. and Well, objectively, yes, they put a lot of work into yeah. it. Subjectively, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm sorry, but and it also Scott Scott's when we talked about like raise up good point. He he said uh, it basically means that a it basically means now that audience can decide how a film looks. Well, and... to, to be perfectly frank, I think it's not going to be a recurring problem, or at least definitely not a frequent one. Mm. Um. It was just because Detective Pikachu, I think it was maybe the perfect storm. Detective Pikachu came out, when was the trailer really for that released in conjunction with the Sonic ones? Was it before or after? It was around about the same time. I think it, it was maybe before, if I remember rightly. It was around about the same time any is the point. And yeah. that showed for a series that has never done a quote-unquote realistic um, rendering of their titular Pokemon, they came out. They came out swinging. You know, they had a home run with the designs. Um, Especially Mister Mine. Like, I thought Mister Mine was quite cool. Yeah, they did it very well for all of them, and so I think that didn't help at all when it turned to Sonic, because Sonic's entire existence has been well, his modern existence from two thousand what ninety nine onwards has been as a 3D rendered character, you know? And all the cutscenes in the video games have 3D renders of Sonic. So there is something to base it off of, you know? And then you have this team, I imagine are furnished by a fairly large budget, doing a CG Sonic the Hedgehog. And it looks like that. I just, I just think, because I'm, I'm the type of person that cares not... more about the story than uh, yeah. or, or kind of like, the, the like the characters than how something looks. Because, I get that because it because people forget that you can you like you might have like bad actors or bad direction mm-hmm. or like bad visual style, but you can have a cracking story. Yeah, that's absolutely and, valid. You know, and that can make everything. It, better but if you have a poor story then your film's not going to be good anyway like that's what I've kind of been thinking you just held up the ray to <laughs> um, yeah I it's not that the movie can't be good without a story a movie can be dumb fun and I just, I, I'm, like, I just bru- think I'm, that... I'm going to be brutal here who's going to think that a Sonic the Hedgehog movie is going to have a good story it may have a good story for within its confines and I hope it does but I don't think they need to aim or can aim particularly high with what they've got as Sonic the Hedgehog it's it's a cartoon mascot from the 90s built because of a corporate desperation to compete with Nintendo I think it's maybe I'm definitely biased here I think the design the redesign was necessary because sure a story is important more important than how it looks but it was that bad that it was distracting, you know? 
Um, I just, I, I, yeah, is that uncanny? Is from. that uncanny valley territory? Yeah. And when you've got, I just, I just see is it? I like, I just think of it as kind of like a minor thing that should not have caused a de- like a, a delay in the release. I, 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 I. I I think that like, it's neither a good or a bad thing that they responded the way they did to delay the yeah. production. When was it going to come out? It was going to come out in November this year, wasn't um, it? Or was November, it like... October, I think. But it's coming out in Valentine's Day next. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> I think it's like sorry, I can't, I can't hang out if you have seen Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Hey, do you want to go sit it but uh, on Valentine's Day? Where I'll be Sonic, you be Knuckles. <laughs> oh. Or even worse, just like there's a couple dressed up as Sonic and Amy Rose, and they go out the cinema to watch this like the Hedgehog movie. Okay, there's my nightmare feel for tonight. <laughs> but um, it's a it's a good and a bad thing. It's good that the audience that are going to see this and are passionate about it in the first place yeah. can have a say. I think that's a good thing regardless of the medium, but it does also, I agree with you, set a dangerous precedent um, that it could just mean that everyone will overreact and the developer and, and developers, producers will bend the knee to anyone now. Yeah. It's, we're going to have to see how that goes. I think it's, it's one to sit on the fence right now. Mm. I think personally that in this instance it was good because the design was just that terrible it's the eyes mainly the eyes were not even incorrect from the character which they were it's just they didn't look right the tiny little goggle eyes on uh, little eyes on the big head that's just proportions weren't right it was not a good design in any way and um i'm glad i've changed it i just wish didn't need to be pushed into change in the first place I just wish they had a better foundation to go on because mm. it is a shame that it's costing them time and money to redo yeah. it at the end of the day because I, I, I just think like, like people it's, in, in, in that storm on Twitter and Facebook yeah. and social media and like in general I, I just feel like people forgot that people worked on this film <laughs> you know, yeah you know and but at the end of the day, it's, they can't be immune to criticism. Perhaps it was overblown, but criticisms have to exist. If you just let them have True, a free yeah. pass, yeah. you know. There is, the, the real problem at the end of the day is that um, I don't think this movie can do good at all. It, it, it couldn't have done well. I think if it releases its current iteration because people will be so hung up on design and it won't do well now because their focus will change from the redesign to Eric Nelson movie and if that's not up to snuff then yeah. it's going to get panned. I don't, it's a damn if you do, damn if you don't situation and I will admit I feel a quite a bit of sympathy for the team behind it because it's a crapshoot. Video game movies generally are but they've also happened to pick one of the most inconsistent franchises to make their movie off of. I wish them all the best <laughs> when it comes around in Valentine's. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. We, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a big old mess. Such as anything that gets sparked off on Twitter. What can you do? Right. That's the end of Ooh. film news. <laughs> I'm here. I thought there might be more. Man. Uh, um, 
But yeah, um, thank you for joining us for another adventure into whatever it is we do. Um, uh, movies, <laughs> movies, and me getting char grilled about my opinion. Probably, we'll see. <laughs> Time will tell. Um, so yeah, so we, uh, as I said earlier in the first bit. Uh, we're on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, um, the Dutch Angle Pod, or uh, sorry, Dutch Angle Podcast, or at uh, the Dutch Angle Pod. We're on Instagram at the Dutch Angle Pod. Uh, we're on Castbox, Twi- um, Apple Podcasts, and um, SoundCloud. Um, so yep. Yeah, so follow us. Leave a comment. Tell us something we're doing right. Tell us something we're doing wrong. Leave a cheeky film review. You know the drill by now. Um, I've been JD and I've been Sean and uh, oh I'll just like to close off with that monthly movie one week left yes will we be watching it next week or the week after um, the week after so uh, yes. what, what what tends to happen is we all have the new um, new uh, films on the first episode of the month and then, then we'll watch the, the film that was chosen on the last episode excellent so tends to be what happens so uh yeah currently it's draw between falling down and um hardcore henry so yeah um you know where you it's, it's, it's all to it's all to play for at the moment um big hardcore henry falling uh, down <laughs> going up um so yeah so yeah um that is our episode for for the week thank you very much for listening yes have a wonderful day Yes. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.